Hey everyone, we know the last thing you need is another fitness podcast to catch you up on the newest trends, fad diets, fictitious fat blasting workouts that will be dead in the coming decade. I'm Mariana and I'm here with Tony today and we made the Fitness Stuff podcast to make exercise and nutrition science practical. Our goal is to expose misinformation in the industry by providing only evidence-based education. Where today we are covering the famous 12-3-30 workout. Tony, how are we today? I'm super duper. I woke up. I didn't choose violence. Okay. I didn't choose violence. And I woke up on the right side of the bed. We're feeling good. Feeling good. I'm excited about this one. So I sent over Tony a little TikTok video to react to. He hasn't seen it yet. So he's going to pull that up and, right. and watch it. I can it. pull it up right here? Yep, pull it up. All right, let's do it. She's walking backwards. I will never stop doing the 12.3.3 work benefits. Get ABS. Lifted booty. Lose body fat. Get okay. toned. <laughs> Get, okay. Get ABS. Okay, so let me recap what I saw. So I saw well, one, she's not, she starts backwards. But 12.3.30, I know what this is just from being on TikTok a little bit, but she says the preferred benefits. Let's go over those one more time. The benefits are... Get ABS. So get abs. Mm -hmm. Just get them. Because we don't have them right now. They're just not no, a part No, you don't have them yet. <laughs> you get a lifted booty. Mm. I'd pay for that. Lose body fat and get yes. off from the 12-3-30 workout. Which, if you're unfamiliar with the 12-3-30 workout, it is where you turn the treadmill up to a, correct me if I'm wrong, 12% incline. Mm -hmm. Walk at three miles per hour for 30 minutes. That's where the 12, the 3, the 30 come yep, from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it can do all that. That seems interesting. That. Okay, so I think you and I have talked about this one a lot. You mm -hmm. and I have talk, you, you, we've talked about this a lot. What do you think about it? Oh, so right out the gate, this is not at all either of us bashing on walking because mm -hmm. walking is a great low-intensity exercise. It's not a daunting workout if the gym is kind of intimidating. It's easy to adhere to. And if you do this every single day, your health will improve. It is great for your cardiovascular health. The Remarkably. claims that come along with it is where I know I see a huge problem with it. And a lot of it just taps into a lack, like looking at this as this is it, this is the answer and avoiding so mm. many other factors. So I'd love you to go in a bit more on what this is ignoring that is essential for getting I mean, not everyone can even get abs, but that's a whole genetic thing. But like for these outcomes to happen, what is what is she not talking about? Okay. Completely agree with you on the first part. 12, 330, we, we want you to do. We want you to do because it's incredible. But we just want you to understand what's actually happening when you're doing it. Mm. We want you to understand what's good about it. It's a great workout. It's incredible. And there are reasons why it's incredible, but those are not the reasons. It doesn't <laughs> hold any magic properties. It's not a silver bullet that can tone you, get you abs, lift your booty, jumpstart fat loss. And the main thing here is, and if you hear people try and explain it, the argument on the side for the 12-3-30 workout is it puts you in a quote-unquote fat-burning zone. And the more time these people claim that you spend in the fat-burning zone, the more fat you lose. And I know mm -hmm. we've jumped on these, these verbs before because communication's everything in this. And I think the first thing we have to break down is that burning fat 
which it does. It puts you in a, in a state where you are burning a lot more fat as fuel mm -hmm. in the moment while you're doing those lower intensity exercises. Lower intensity, your body just breaks down and uses fat. You and I right now are probably using most, if not almost all of our energy coming from fat because we're at a very low intensity right now. Same thing when you're walking versus doing sprints or lifting heavy weights where your body tends to burn a higher percentage of stored glycogen or stored carbs. But fat burning and fat loss are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's where most people get hung up is they yeah. jump a couple bridges, they jump to some conclusions and they assume that because you're burning fat means you're also losing fat. So that's I think where we start is by breaking down that. Burning fat and losing fat aren't the same. And I know that's not helpful because it doesn't make too much sense. You're like, how does that not make sense? There's a few reasons why burning fat and losing fat aren't the same thing. Burning fat is just, and you can correct me here if I misstep, burning fat is just the breakdown of fatty acids in your body to be used as energy, to do whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. Just the breakdown of them from the fat cell to be used as energy, that's what it does. But fat loss as a process, lowering your body fat percentage doesn't take place in a moment, it takes place over time. And your body, I think people have to realize, is constantly burning fat and constantly storing fat as you eat. It's kind of this balance. So there's kind of this fat balance that determines if you gain or lose body fat. So what determines fat deposition or fat deposits when we're storing fat is more based off of total energy balance. So calories in versus calories out. So if you are walking on the treadmill, breaking down fat all day long, burning fat all day long, but however many calories you burn in that day, you are consuming through food, you're going to deposit just as much back. Yeah. Right. So if you, you are in burning energy a lot balance, more. exactly. If your yeah. energy's coming in and your energy is balanced, your calories are balanced. You could be burning, so that's kind of the difference. Even though you're burning a lot more, you're gonna be storing just as much. It's energy balance, that calories in, calories out. So I think that's the first thing people need to realize. And I think where that gets confused is the body kind of has this like little calibrations per se, where the best way and kind of simple way to look at it is during your workout, during the rest of your day, because we gotta remember your workout maybe lasts what? This one, 30 this minutes. This 30 minutes, yeah. Yeah, 30 minute workout. You still have 23 and a half hours the rest of your day. And the kind of cool thing is when you look at research, it looks like the more fat you burn during your workout, the less carbohydrates you burn during your workout. The flip side happens the rest, the remainder of the day, you typically tend to use more stored glycogen as fuel and you use a little bit less fat as fuel is what they notice when they break these down is if you're burning a lot of fat or a little fat during a workout, but your energy balance is matched, you're gonna lose or maintain the same amount of fat as someone who's doing a more high intense workout at mm -hmm. the same time. So it kind of calibrates over the course of a day, which again, we're not saying not to do it because it's phenomenal, but there's a few reasons why we kind of want to look at it. That's one of them is that yeah. calibration. And that's also emphasis on that being, this can completely change if you're a lot of these studies to kind of determine preferential fuel sources after workouts, most of them are fasted studies because if you just have a carbohydrate rich meal right before you do anything, that Including is going to be the most readily available energy source. So making that abundantly clear, um, it doesn't mean that doing fasted cardio is essentially better because, again, it comes down to this concept of energy balance. But yes, if you have carbs readily available, you just ate a meal. Like It doesn't it really doesn't matter what you're you, doing. You could That's be walking up use. a treadmill <laughs> or you could be lifting weights like you're going to be using those carbs that you just yeah. ate. 
hundred percent. And yeah, not saying fasted work cardio is better in any sense. Cause people are like, oh, so you'll burn more fat fasted. You will burn more, but that doesn't mean you will lose more. Yeah. That's kind of the basis there. The second thing that gets me is cause I was just like looking at it from 30,000 feet up is like the difference between like relative fat burned and total fat burn. So let's just pretend in a moment that fat burning did equal fat loss. The more fat you burned in a workout, let's pretend it did equate to more fat loss, which it doesn't. But let's pretend for this example. Let's just look at the relative numbers of doing what this argument is, doing a lower intensity workout versus a higher intensity workout where you'd be burning more carbohydrates. So let's just say you walk on a treadmill for half an hour and you burn 100 total calories in half an hour. And let's say the vast majority of those calories were coming from fat stored. Let's say 80% of those calories were coming from fat. That would mean you burned 80 total calories out of 100 in fat. But let's look at this. If you did a higher intensity workout for 30 minutes, same time, but much higher intensity, a higher percentage would be burned from glycogen or stored carbs. But let's say instead of 100 calories in that half hour, you burned 450 calories in that half mm. hour. But let's say relative, only 50% of them came from fat and 50% came from carbs. What is 50% of 450? A lot more than 80% of 100. So relative percentage. 225. You're burning. Yeah, you're Sorry. burning more fat while you're doing low intensity. But total, you're burning a lot more during high intensity. Again, not saying high intensity is better because they come with a trade-off. Like we've talked about, low intensity, it doesn't increase your hunger nearly as much. It takes almost no time to recover from. So the following days you could do it. Where high intensity usually spikes your hunger a little bit. Spikes your cortisol. High intensity usually. Yeah, spikes your cortisol, takes longer to recover from. You probably can't do a high-intensity workout every single day of the week. So there are trade-offs, but it's something to look at relative and total. Because if your argument is we're going to burn more fat doing it, it's like, well, are, you know, a higher-intensity workout at the same time, you probably aren't burning more fat. I think that leads into the last, and I think what you and I can kind of hammer in on, is the fat-burning zone is different for everybody. It's different for everybody. And I love it because there's some people that go on that's like, oh, take your age and multiply it by this. And I forget how you find the exact zone where you are, but you got to understand the more fit you are, the higher percentage of fat you're going to burn at higher intensity exercise. Mm -hmm. The less fit you are, the higher percentage of fat you're going to burn at a lower intensity. So the fat burning zone isn't just a magic place that everyone can jump into. It's different for every single person, male versus female level of fitness massively goes into it. So there's a few reasons why it doesn't work. But again, walking's Probably, I think you and I can agree, it's my favorite form of cardio and exercise to mm -hmm. add in. Hands yeah. down, it's my favorite because of the reasons mentioned before. So I, I think it's something you should do, but I think it's setting the correct expectation. Yep. Yeah. Don't expect it to be magic. It's not going to lift your butt. It's not going to give you abs. It's not going to tone you, but it might be advantageous if you're in a fat loss phase and you're trying to get healthier. Yeah. Would you agree? I agree. And then I also think there's this other layer of when you talk about making a muscle larger, well, then that just ignores the concept of progressive overload. So if you're doing the same workout every single day, you at the response, muscular response to training is you have to progressively load the muscle, increase the weight in order to see muscle hypertrophy. So if you're doing the same workout over and over, you are not there will come a time, depending on your starting point, say if you're untrained and you've never really worked out before, it's the first time you're working out and this puts you in a slight calorie deficit, okay, maybe you'll see a little bit of weight loss for that reason. 
But then mm. there will come a point where very quickly you will plateau and it's not going to, this does not promise any, mm. any growth at all because it completely ignores mm -hmm. that principle. Exactly. Yeah. The whole lifting booty thing. Yeah. It's like just, okay, that's common sense. Any, the stair climber, 12 through 30, cardio doesn't change muscle tissue too much. Mm -mm. You need to be giving it the right stimulus. You need to be training to progressive overload and you need to be taking those muscles usually close to failure to elicit any sort of growth response, which if yeah. you're walking on the treadmill, you're just not taking any muscle close to failure on that. And if you were, it couldn't be done over the course of 30 minutes to yeah. elicit growth. So that's, you know, again, expectations. Can it improve your cardio performance? Yes. Can it really help you lose weight and keep you in a deficit? Yes. But that's about it. That's about what mm -hmm. it does. And that's kind of what you use cardio for in the first place. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. And, and if you go from being pretty sedentary to adding in cardio, I mean, yeah, maybe you'll see a little bit of weight loss. But that should be added in for so many other reasons like your mental health your cardiovascular health your mobility helping improve kind of your range of motion when it comes to strength training and other aspects of your life if that's the only goal if your only goal is to do 12 3 30 every single day with the hopes of getting abs getting a butt whatever don't be disappointed when you don't get that yeah well and i think it's too and i know people are going to argue about this what's like well i did it you know like the anecdotal well, I did it and I started seeing my abs. I did it and my butt did lift. I did this. I think it's important to realize too, like when your body is going through like recomposition, if it's losing body fat, sometimes your glutes can appear more lifted. Sometimes your abs should show because you have a lower body fat percentage, mm -hmm. like which it's great at doing, lowering body fat percentage. If your diet and nutrition's aligned, it'll lower it and your body's gonna change. But it's just important to realize just because that's the change that you are visibly seeing doesn't mean it was that one thing that caused it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think just like you said, a lot of people that I've noticed this too are like, well, no, I just started doing it and I did it every day for 60 days and it worked. It's like, okay, well, let me ask you this. Like, what was the last thing you tried for 60 days consistently and did that work? And they're like, well, I haven't ever been consistent for 60 mm -hmm. days. It's like, oh, did the 12 work because it was the first thing you were able to be consistent at for a couple months or more than a couple weeks? Yeah. That might have something to do with it because, <laughs> you know, progress takes time. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest pieces. I, I totally agree with you. And not to mention the fact that, okay, so you did this consistently for 60 days. How much of that subconsciously played into your eating choices? Because if mm -hmm. you are consistently going to the gym and what happens a lot from a behavioral psychology perspective, it may just have you think twice about the food that you're putting into your mouth because you, you're feeling good at the gym. Okay, what small changes that you made for 60 days to your diet accompanying this did you also make? Let's include that there. Mm. And it's the oh, conversation is not had, so. Oh, yeah, it's all completely ignored. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, because, again, if you're consistent with something, yeah, how much better are those small improvements going to be the rest of your life? Are you going to start drinking a little bit more water? Are you going to start having a little bit stronger willpower to turn those cravings down? Are you just going to start feeling better, especially as you start seeing progress? It's like, yes, it all goes into the puzzle, but that doesn't change. I think what we're outlining is essentially what are the basic principles that drive fat loss in the first place consistently, having a consistent nutritious lifestyle, having a consistency in your training program. Those are all the principles. It's like, oh, the 12 through 30 just checks all these boxes. Yeah. It's not like the 12 through 30 is magic on its own. It's like, oh, it's not the only thing that can check these boxes. 
but a lot of people can fit into it. And I think that's important because if it helps you stay consistent, do it. Yeah. Do it, but just, yeah, do it for the reasons. That's a big yeah. one. Yeah. I know. It, it, it really can get you heated. So close out here. What do you think the three, give me three takeaways from this if someone, because there's mm. going to be another workout like this. I mean, now it's the Stairmaster. There's going to mm-hmm. be another one next. So when the next best thing for fat burning and giving you abs and building a booty, what would you say three mm-hmm. takeaways people can use to kind of either, okay. yeah, yeah, give it to me. Great piece. Okay. So three things you can take going into when the next thing comes around or even to this, right? I guess you could just do a little reflection and ask yourself questions because ultimately what goes into it, and we'll start here, like ask yourself questions when looking into it. Does it go against the principles of fat loss? Does it say I don't need to be in a calorie deficit? Does it say I don't need to be consistent? Does does it say I can see progress in as little as like a week or two? If it goes against any of those things, you automatically know there's faulty in its thinking, or at least how it's being proposed. The second thing I think is, and you don't even have to see this when you do it, but don't be afraid to do more of just what you want to do. Like, I think people forget that the biggest part, like when you're choosing how to exercise, when you're choosing your workouts, you don't have to fit into whatever's trending right now. You don't have to fit into it. Like there's no shortage of workouts out there. The workout you're going to see the most progress from is by far the one that you can do consistently. Mm. What are you going to do consistently? The one you enjoy doing. Like the biggest thing, like it's, you know, I've heard this from, I think Alex Ramosi, but it's like, okay, you have a favorite TV show that you watch every single week. When Euphoria was coming out every single Sunday, it's like, did anyone have to ever get motivation to go watch Euphoria if that was their show on Sunday night? It's like, no, I got freaking, I was pumped on Friday looking forward to Sunday night so I could watch it because I was looking forward to it. I never missed an episode. If you look forward to how you work out, you're not going to miss that many workouts because you're looking forward to it. You're not mm-hmm. fighting any resistance yeah i think that's a big one decreasing the limbic friction in your life there's not a big barrier there to get you to want to do it that is way more beautifully put than i said (laughs) the limbic resistance in your life (laughs) get that tattooed uh i think that's probably the two biggest keys when Mm -hmm. going at it is just kind of ask yourself what it is and then remember that principle of like okay what like consistency above everything and i know because i mean i preach this all the time i say you know most of your program should be coming from weight training and how to optimize it. okay can you do compound lifts? But it's like, you don't have to do this. If you don't no. absolutely love weight training, you don't have to start by doing it. If you've never worked out before, I think this is the biggest piece. If, you, if you've never worked out before, like start by doing what you love, the workouts that you love. And eventually, just because the way it makes you feel, the way it makes you look, the way it builds your confidence, like you'll just start to love working out and you'll start to naturally go into different fields that you like. Mm-hmm. You might start some machines, you might start with some free weights and you start kind of just experimenting because everyone thinks it's like the goal should be right here in front of them. It's like the goal is forever. Yeah. Yeah. The goal is forever. So, you know, you're going to be here for a while. You don't have to be perfect starting out. Mm-hmm. Just start. Yep. So I'm going to I'm going to go past number three. I'm going to say there's only two things. No, number three. All right. And that's a wrap on our first episode of Myth Monday. The shit storm that 12330 has become. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Fitness Stuff for Normal People. And go ahead and give us a follow on social media. That is fs.pod for Instagram and TikTok. We will be posting our podcast every Monday and Friday. And you will not want to miss out because we got a lot of shit to cover. So we'll be back.